0: Hey, this is Jewel Bejavarapu, and you're listening to the Fertility Life Coach Podcast, episode 26. Welcome to the Fertility Life Coach Podcast, a show for smart, type A millennial women who want to get pregnant without the emotional roller coaster. If you wanna learn how coaching can relieve stress and balance your hormones, then this is the show for you. I am your host, Jewel Bejavarapu, and I am an infertility and IVF warrior, as well as a certified life and holistic health coach. Are you ready? Let's go. Hello, friends. How are you all doing this morning? I am so good. I just got back from a walk with my dog, and now I get to officially meet our special guest this week, Robin Birkin. She is a holistic life coach, mind body practitioner, author, and fertility warrior. She helps type A women, kind of like both of us, let go of control, ditch the anxiety, and forge ahead on their fertility journey with confidence, joy, and primed for success. She has made it her mission to ensure that women don't suffer through infertility and have trouble conceiving like she did. Her approach is a unique blend of life coaching, relationship coaching, neuroscience, cognitive behavioral therapy, positive psychology, and straight up cheerleader. Woo! Welcome, Robin. Thank you so much for being on the podcast.
1: Yay! Thank you so much for having me. I always love when I get to chat to people across the seas and things like that.
0: Yes, it's so much fun. Well, can you tell us like a little bit more about yourself
1: and like what you do in your own words? Absolutely. So we are classic type A, Robin, and like completely was blindsided by my fertility journey that I ticked all the boxes. And by ticked all the boxes, I mean, it wasn't just buy the house, um, get married, go on a whirlwind trip around the world. We actually in like 2011, 2012, we did Christmas in Paris, New Year's Eve in New York. We went all around Europe and like classic type A, we spent about two days in most places. And that's what my life was go, go, go at work. I was all hands on deck, but by checking all the boxes, we got back from that round the world trip. And I was like, that's it. We're going to have a baby, right? I'm onto the prenatals. I'm going to see a naturopath. I'm going to see my general practitioner and get all the tests done. I'm doing a detox because I'm going to make sure that this happens on the, first month and we're going to like nail it. Success is, you know, my oh the name my of the game here. Your story well. sounds exactly like mine.
0: <laughs> we went on a whirlwind, we're on the world tour
1: and Whoa.
0: the same thing. And then I was, I went to the naturopath. I learned fertility charting. I did all the things and I was like, is this going to happen the first month? Cause I have
1: worked on this for the past two years.
0: And then oh my gosh. the yeah. first
1: month it's like, Oh, that's not, really what I expected yeah the, oh and this you're just taking aback back a little bit and then the next month you're you're just like huh well this is a bit weird and then it slowly turns from this slight confusion to feeling like a huge failure because it I'm doing all the things I've done I've like I've read the book and I've followed the instructions and it's not working and panic almost because clearly I'm doing something wrong what is happening here so anyway I was not the type of person to wait to go to a fertility clinic I was like get me in there as soon as possible because we need to make this happen and Valentine's Day that following year from our trip we were having our first consult at a fertility clinic so romantic Uh, and You know, we just went through the motions. Okay, let's do uh, medicated cycles. Let's do throw some IUIs in there. You know, like we're just like next step, next step. And that following year around December, January, first IVF cycle. Also Mm -hmm. um, failed, but not before I had a medical miscarriage. So Mm. all this time up until my medical miscarriage was me thinking that The way to get through this was the way for me to essentially survive the way that I had in my corporate career. We have in Australia at the moment massive uh, controversy over uh, like sexual harassment in politics. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I worked in the car industry and I keep thinking like, you know, not to the level of um, Brittany Higgins here in Australia. But I'm like, meh, some of the stories that I'm hearing, I'm like, I ain't, you ain't got nothing on me, right? And I used to, you, I had, you had to have balls in there. You had to cover up your emotions when you're dealing with a company that's 95% men and you have to get up as the only, I was the only female in the head office of this company mm-hmm. and I'd have to get up and present to a group of 50 middle-aged men with huge egos Yes. the only woman in the room. So covering up my emotions, powering through, being like a, a really strong was how I had learned to cope with hard things. Well, what I didn't know at the time was that actually wasn't a very healthy coping skill and I had a medical miscarriage and it was, almost, it was like the breakdown before the breakthrough. I just remember life feeling like a fog like really feeling like I was just going through the motions of each day with tears welling in my eyes and I had been a real open I'd actually been a fairly open book for the year that we were doing IVF. the year that we were trying on our own I didn't tell a soul but that Mm -hmm. other year were open book miscarriage I couldn't tell anyone um and to cut a long story short we I we went on a holiday not because I was like I needed to go on a holiday or anything it was actually I needed to escape because I couldn't bear to face day-to-day life um and this trip just was it was like the circuit breaker for everything that was happening it was the moment when I was like actually this is not How to cope because every month I, you know, I'm existing in this really low level anxiety, or even worse, like I was feeling almost Mm -hmm. at rock bottom. And when you get to that point where you're like, I actually don't know if I can do this another month, and you hang every little bit of success on it's just got to happen this month because I just literally don't know if I can cope with it anymore, that's when. Shit's got to change. And I, there was, up until that medical miscarriage, I kept going through that. And this was the point where I was like, something's got to change. We then, and something did change. I did lots of, lots of things. We then had another failed cycle. Totally different person, totally different way of coping mm-hmm. with it, totally different perspective on the whole journey. And I could cope with it. I came out of it and I wasn't crushed like I was all of those other times and it failed, but we then went through and we now have two children. So we kept going with treatments. We've now got two children, six and four. So I can't believe that it was that long ago now, but it was, and here we are.
0: Yeah, I think your story resonates with me so much because it's so similar to my story of like, exactly like we're just starting IVF almost, almost two years now after our trip and doing all the things and being like all the medicated cycles. And I'm like, well, and I think like, for me, it's, I had that like pivotal breakthrough moment. Like um, I was like hiding underneath my desk in my office. And I was like, I can't do this anymore. Like I'm going to have to not be a mom because I can't handle this emotional roller coaster, like the exhaustion that that what you were talking about, that low level anxiety, depression, like you in fight or flight survival mode. Right. Mm-hmm. And that was like the same for me, which I was like, okay, wait, I have to do all these things. And at that point, I was already a coach and I was already like, oh wait, I can apply my coaching strategies to this. <laughs> and then you I was know, like, I-
1: and it changed. It changed everything. But I oh, feel goodness. as well very strongly that number 1 that like even coaches need coaches but number 2 totally. that sometimes we learn a lesson but we have to relearn it in the new context so wow. you might go through infertility and then become a parent and be like you have to it's like you start from scratch i don't know why we do it but you know then you start a business and you're like oh man i like Okay, hang on. I've learned this lesson two years ago. It's just that it also applies here. Like I, you know, I feel like sometimes we have to relearn those lessons. Um, because yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Welcome to being human. <laughs>
1: like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, totally. Um, so yeah, we all and like even I have times and I'm like, hang on, I should know, I should know better than this. Like, hang on. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Totally. So I, I think, and I have like a lot of my clients are type A being like, wait, what the heck? Like, this has been my coping strategies for everything. And that was the same thing with me. Like that was my coping strategy. Like was like, I'm a strong woman. I get shit done. Like, Hey, like
1: I can hard work my working. way through this. What? <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: So I uh, thank you so much for sharing that story. Cause I feel like it just it's like resonates so much. And so like, how like you kind of talked about like how did your fertility journey like affect your mental emotional health can you like tell us more about that like what was kind of like you had like that deal breaker of like that miscarriage but like how like was the stress the anxiety like what
1: changed like tell us more like kind of what you did and what changed so when we had the medical miscarriage I was I had also had hyperstimulation so I had about seven kilos of fluid Around my abdomen so I don't really know what that equates to in pounds but somewhere in the vicinity of 14 give or take yeah okay yeah so a lot I could barely breathe I wasn't that big a person at the time and I was basically a blob who would have pillows around me lying in bed and breathing like (laughs) like heavy breathing it sucked and I remember saying to Ross at the point when they were saying to us When we're not 100% sure that this is going to, this pregnancy is going to pan out, just crying in the spare bed because that's where I was sleeping and saying to Ross, you know what? I can handle IVF. I can handle hyperstimulation. I actually can't handle a miscarriage. This is too much. And here's the thing I I actually had no choice. I had to handle it, Uh, but (laughs) that's life. Um, (laughs) And this is where I just, realize that i can't like i don't have the skills to deal with this i can't cope with this i've just invested two years of my life working really hard juggling all the things paying all the money Mm. having failure repeated in my face month after month for a miscarriage fuck that i this was sucked why have i gone through this whole process just to experience actually the polar opposite of what i had been aiming for mm-hmm. didn't make sense had the trip to lombok because i needed to escape yeah. where we had we when we got married we were like morning we're going on uh, we've got married in vanuatu in the morning, we're going to go on these buggies, dirt bike buggies. Then we're going to go for a fancy lunch. Then we're going to go for a sunset cruise. we This is how we lived our life. Let's do this. Let's do this. This trip was in the middle of nowhere, and mm, I mean mm-hmm. nowhere. I couldn't walk to a shop. There was no tourist stuff. This was in the middle of nowhere in yeah. the middle of nowhere, which was Lombok, Indonesia. It was a surf resort. There were five guests there. Yeah. That was it, including us, by the way. And so there was, and I can't surf. I, I've i tried it several times. <laughs> I, I'm just not going to list it as a strength. Um, but I also managed to scrape both knees quite badly, which was quite painful in a tropical environment because it just doesn't want to heal up properly. Anyway. I had to sit and read a book by the pool. I had there was massages there. What else was I going to do? Mm-hmm. And the, there was only five staff. The ma- there's two masseuses. I don't know why there were two masseuses because this is how people in Indonesia work. There's two. There's two masseuses. There's actually only four other guests who have all gone out on a boat surfing. Sure, I'll just have a massage. And these holidays that I, you know, used to see other people going on. All of a sudden, I'm one of these people who has been forced to relax. And it was this real, I don't know, I, I don't know what you call it, like sliding door, not quite sliding doors moment, but I, my hormones were a wreck. My progesterone had been so ridiculously artificially high that I had clumps of hair falling out in the shower every morning oh in gosh. this resort. But this was actually the first time that I felt semi okay emotionally Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then this is the first time that I'd let up on all of the rules right yeah I'm gonna have a few drinks here I, you know, I'm going to actually sit and relax. I'm not going to worry about just doing all of these things. And then we're here. We are the only thing near us was a like a traditional village or like a mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. no tourists or anything. Yeah. And these are people who slept in a one bedroom house on concrete floor and bathed all together in a man made dam in the middle of the village. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. it just brought me back to the present, like. Yeah. You know, where are you? Stop living in the past. Stop living in the future. And this is where you are right now, where this is like the people that who you're around. And it was this wake-up moment of, hang on, the way that you've been coping isn't right. It wasn't like I went on a holiday and magically everything changed and then yeah. magically yeah. I just felt pregnant. Oh, my God. It wasn't like that. Um, it was, okay, something needs to change. Let's take tiny little steps every day
0: mm-hmm. to
1: Give myself the ability to emotionally cope with this. Let's try a whole bunch of tiny little things. Uh, some of them are going to work. Some of them are not. But actually, I'm going to, for the first time, number one, rest. Number two, put myself first fiercely. Yeah. Put myself and my well being, physical, emotional, above all else. Yeah. And that was that was the change.
0: Hmm. hmm Yeah. That's so important. And I think that's something that a lot of type A women have to come to, like have to have like that wake up call or like, wait, like how society has taught us how our families have taught us, like, this is how we should be running our lives. This is how we should be in service in strong women, like don't need help. Like all these kind of like, ways to like cope or deal with like the the world like isn't like isn't actually helpful like isn't
1: actually the best you can do for yourself right and I still learn these lessons today yeah I you know what comes to mind is Ali Wong has there's a clip from Ali Wong I'm gonna have to post this on reels and tag you in it there's a post yes. from Ali Wong where she says something along the lines of all women have a secret. We don't have to work during the day. We just, we get to just stay at home and all we have to do is, you know, like clean the house. But then someone gave away the secret. And now we feel like not only do we have to do the lion's share of the housework, but we have to work full time whilst also juggling a family, whilst also having this and that. Mm -hmm. And actually it's okay to, you know, you can 100% do it all, but there's actually no shame ever in asking for help. Yeah. So many of my clients, I'm like, "Girl, just get a cleaner. Yeah. You work full time, that therefore you you can have a cleaner." And I, so many of them reach out to me on the Instagram and they're like, "Robin, I got a cleaner. It's changed my life." And I'm like, yeah. "Thank you. The power of the cleaner and the power of just." asking for help instead of feeling like you have to be a superwoman who does absolutely everything for anyone and feeling like you have to be. I know that so many of us feel like it's ingrained in us that we have to sacrifice
0: Mm, the in order.
1: Yes. In order to become a mother. Actually, It's an, it, and it's a really important lesson to learn when you're a parent. I'm still learning this lesson, that actually, the you have to put on your own oxygen mask first, and then you can help others, and then you can have the mental, emotional, physical space to create a baby. It doesn't yeah. like if you are running on empty. There's no space. There's no energy to create a human being from zero. Yeah, and that's why I tell all my
0: clients. I'm like your baby like your body is not telling you, like your reproductive system that it's like safe to make a baby like when we're in that yeah. low-grade stress and anxiety our bodies are like oh wait like let's prioritize like our brains let's prioritize whatever else things it doesn't prioritize our reproductive system and our body's like yeah no not safe like you're yeah.
1: not in a safe place like there's no and, like, you know, I think that society also we like As women, we're so, you know, we've been messed up in the head about so many things, but one of them also that I feel like the industry really perpetuates is this ticking time bomb. Oh, my gosh. I just 100% obviously, you know, as you age, your fertility declines, particularly Mm -hmm. after the age of 35, but it doesn't, like, fall off a cliff that rapidly there are other options with IVF, and you are giving it your fucking best shot. So I feel like, you know, we all sometimes I just want to be like, like, it's not as much of a rush. Like one month, two months of you just being like, I'm going to make sure I'm okay first is not the make or break in somebody's fertility, yeah. I, I believe.
0: Oh, I, I 100% agree. That's something I often ask my clients. Like, what's the rush? Like why, like, like, if we really get clear on like why the rush is, I feel like a lot of it comes down to like worthiness and a lot Mm -hmm. of it comes down to like purpose. And it's like, okay, if I don't get the baby now, I'm not going to feel blank or I'm not going to be worthy. And it's like, wait, wait, hold on. Like we can get the baby in a month or two months or three months, but let's make sure we're worthy and we're feeling like whole and complete. And like exactly what you said, like oxygen mask on now. So it's like mm-hmm. the baby is not going to change our worthiness, not going to change who we are not going to change. Like, it's not going to change any, like it will change things, but not like, yeah, you get what I mean. <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> like, totally. It's not yet. It's your chances are not going to go from whatever 30% to zero magically in two months. Exactly. like, it doesn't work like that. And hashtag science. We're very lucky. Yep. Yeah, exactly. So
0: like through your research, through your coaching, kind of, what do you think is like the missing puzzle piece for women who are like trying to conceive?
1: I really feel that a lot of us are running on cortisol. Oh my gosh. Yes. Amen. right and i think this is what i think is powerful not just that but i think that we people are almost allergic to the term stress when it comes to talking about infertility Mm -hmm. but we infertility you cannot deny that number one the research clearly shows that our emotional stress plays a significant role in our fertility and also It plays a significant role in improving your fertility and your chances of conceiving. So prioritize it, but also physical and environmental stresses. Mm -hmm. We are surrounded by processed food, toxin, environmental toxins, you know, the air that we breathe, technology. We still don't. I was writing an ebook on sleep today, and we still don't know the full extent to which technology. Wi-Fi 24-7 in our houses everywhere is affecting us. Mm -hmm. And so all of these stresses that we didn't used to have, we now have. And there's, you know, there's a lot of research out there that shows that there. one piece of research comes to mind is that they induced PCOS in rats, okay? Okay, yeah. They induced PCOS in rats, but what they found was that the PCOS in those rats, it actually most significantly impacted the fertility of the rats' like grandchildren.
0: Wow. Because
1: because the rat has the offspring and then the offspring, like when you're born, you have all the eggs you're ever going to have. So their offspring already had these eggs, right? So when Mm -hmm. we're looking, when we go back to the 1940s and the 1950s, this is the advent of plastic microwave meals processed food like cereals all of the, and we're here we're here in 2020 being like i'm eating organic i'm doing this i'm doing that and but also like if this has gone back a long time and you don't know what you don't know and you can absolutely improve things but we cannot deny that stresses, environmental stresses, physical stresses, uh, emotional stresses, all play a big role in our fertility. And that's the missing link is to look at stress as a whole. And okay, what can I do to reduce stress? But sorry, we tend to look at everything in isolation. Mm -hmm. And we run ourselves ragged addressing the, phys- the physical stress like our diets and things like that totally ignoring the fact that we're throwing right out of balance our emotional stresses yeah, yeah. it's all interconnected like it's all one it's all interconnected so we need to sit there and say okay what's the priority that's not going to send me down the rabbit hole in in supporting my health my fertility you know my mm-hmm. longevity in life, uh, as a whole, it's nothing's yeah. in isolation. Yeah, I. That's a, such an interesting study
0: about the rats. I don't think I had heard of that one before. And like light bulb moment, like totally clicked. Like for me, like my my grandmother super fertile. My mom tells me like, be careful. We're super fertile in our family. Me, infertility. And I'm uh- like. <laughs> Hmm. shut
1: up mom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm like, great.
0: <laughs> thanks. Like, oh, oh, of course. Like, of course it's affecting me because yes, we my grandmas from the thirties and the forties and, you know, and the, that the grandchildren like, oh, hello. Like, that's why I feel like that light bulb moment just went off when you said that. Cause it's like, yes, we're having like an, almost like an epidemic of infertility in like millennial generation. Like, I mean, I'm 30 I and like think. a lot of my friends are affected by this, and well, not all of them, but um, like, even there's a lot, you know,
1: there's a lot of women. So, and if you like, we, we were talking the other day, I grew up eating Pop Tarts and Cocoa Pops. I don't know what brands you have he- here yeah. like, in the United States. But, man, we grew up eating Fruit Loops, which I think are like maybe like Lucky Charms, all the different colours and things like that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, man, we grew up eating all of that and no one was the wiser. So it's almost like we have to go through this process of unlearning Mm -hmm. all of what we thought we knew about diet and nutrition and now stress. I mean, there's physical education, there's sex ed, basically, Make sure you always wear a condom because otherwise you'll get pregnant straight away. Doesn't even matter what, like where you are in your cycle. Just always wear nope. a condom because otherwise you'll fall pregnant. No oh, one talks boy. to us about emotional education. We have to learn yeah. this for ourselves. We are yeah. like break, here. We are breaking the cycle of, you know. And there's there's I don't know where the documentary is, but there's a fascinating documentary on plastic that they basically, they created plastic, they knew like it was so damaging and then this whole thing about, hold up, rewind about plastic, it's not that great. Okay, fine, we'll slap a recyclable sticker on it and now everyone just doesn't bother about it because it's recyclable, except actually the fact that something like 75% of plastics actually never get recycled in the end anyway. So, you know. Oh my God. Capitalism <laughs> its a story for another day. <laughs> exactly. I feel like we
0: could go down so many rabbit holes. And you're like, and then Yes.
1: And then yes.
0: Yeah. I totally agree. Like I've had to relearn everything because and start questioning. And like, and that's why I say is like, isn't it like when you work with a coach, when you work with a life coach, a fertility coach, you, and you work on that stress, you're really relearning like how to take care of yourself, like your emotional and mental health, like how to manage your brain. Like, and this stuff is so powerful because then you can teach it to your kids and you're like breaking the cycle, like breaking generational trauma, like emotional trauma, generational like habits. Like, oh, it's so powerful. I just love it. So yeah. (sighs) Yeah.
1: And even I was speaking with one of my, I had a breakfast with one of my past clients the other day and I got to cuddle her baby. It's amazing. But she said to me, thank goodness I learned what I did when I did because parenting is so hard. And she said the same thing as what we were talking about before. It's almost like you need to relearn. Mm -hmm. what you learned before in your fertility journey. But had she not learned that? And she felt, and I know everyone who's listening now is going to be thinking this as I'm talking about it do you know what if I can handle this I can handle anything give me the sleepless nights give me like if I can handle infertility I can handle everything this is what she said to me she goes I had my baby and I was like if I can handle this I can handle anything and then the baby came and I was like whoa what has happened there and it just it really hits you like a slap in the face because you feel like that if if I've handled infertility Mm -hmm. throw it at me like come at me what are you going to bring me but you have to then relearn the lesson so it's important to have the lessons so you don't don't then go fully down the rabbit hole again exactly exactly with parenting and keep repeating uh, what's happening yeah
0: yeah totally and so like tell me like when did you first learn about like this mind-body connection with fertility was that like in your research after like your medical miscarriage or like when did you start this work
1: so it's quite, I find it quite a funny thing is that I, even now I study and I learn things and I think this is why that helped me. <laughs> when I was, there was not, Instagram was not really a thing when we were going through infertility and when I was learning how to cope well i didn't even know of such a thing as life coaches at the time definitely didn't know about fertility coaches fertility groups or anything podcasts or anything uh, and when i started my podcast i was kind of like one of the first to start this movement and now we are so lucky that we have so much access to resources but when i was there it was like i was out in the wilderness i didn't know what to do and i just I don't even know. I don't even know how it possibly started with a book by a lady called Chris Carr, who okay. had a book called Crazy Sexy Diet. It's actually a book. Basically, it's a, a vegan book, but the second half is all about emotional well, wellness and daily rituals, mm-hmm. and just gradually doing things like that, and not fully understanding why I was doing them or why I was why they were working for me. And then feeling better and being like, oh, cool. And then going through the process of learning. Mm -hmm. And then me now going back and understanding, right? This is why, you know, this is how the brain works. It it's your reticular activating system, or this is how fight or flight works. Mm -hmm. And then starting to piece together the pieces of how this all works. And then you would have even caught me, even if you said to me like three or four years ago about stress and infertility, I would have been like, stress causes, stress, uh, infertility causes stress. Stress doesn't cause infertility. And then I start learning and I'm like, there's a, there's a lot of research out there about stress and infertility. (laughs) Okay, fine. And then I start learning and I just learn more and more about it and I learn why the things I did helped me and it's been this constant process of you know you take a course you take it you do a certification and then you start learning the why plus more Mm -hmm. plus different techniques of why things work and I think that when especially when you become a life coach it's I almost feel like it's committing to lifelong learning totally do you feel that way oh yeah Uh, I love it and I'm like oh oh (laughs) <laughs> yes, I. I'm. In another life, I swear I would have been a neuroscientist, or this is what I, the mind body practitioner course that I take. It was like the only one that I could find online that was mind body practitioner. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm completely fascinated by the way our brain works and how that impacts our health, our behaviours, our yeah. thinking patterns. Mm. Fascinating to me. Yeah.
0: Oh my gosh. It, it totally is. I feel like I have like a stack of books, like a mile high being like, the, you know, I was just reading this book about like the, how our genes, like, you know, our yes. epigenetics and our genes. And I'm like, oh my goodness. Like, of course this makes sense now. Like, oh, yes. love it. Yep. Yep. So like, what advice would you give women who are like struggling to get pregnant? If you had, if you had to say like
1: one, like one piece of advice. So the one piece of advice I would give is to put on your own oxygen mask first. So as we discussed, it, it, we really easily slip into that martyrdom slash sacrifice. I need to sacrifice my happiness, my social life, everything in order to have a baby. But if you look at the science of it, really the number one thing that is actually going to improve your fertility, if you ask me, mm-hmm. is... Looking after yourself first, because I know that everyone. If, you know, if you are, if you follow me, if you follow you, you're the most likely type A's. You're the most likely high achievers <laughs> who work really hard to get what you want. You are still working freaking hard, even if you're not working hard to fall pregnant. So, mm-hmm. if you can say, "Okay, actually, I matter. i ma- I matter." My health, my happiness matters, and I am worthy of, you know, investing in, it doesn't matter if it's, I'm not talking about financially, but investing my own time, investing mm-hmm. in rest to make sure I'm okay first. So it would be fiercely putting yourself first and having the awareness to know what you need when you need it and being unafraid to ask for help if you do. Yeah.
0: Yeah. One hundred percent. That is, I think, such helpful advice and like so and like such an important like first step of like, hey, like if you put yourself first, so many things follow and so many things that are helpful to your fertility that will help you get pregnant.
1: Right. Like a cleaner. Just get a cleaner. It's get a cleaner. I have then a cleaner too. Just,
0: I'm like, and now we're adding a lawnmower. Like we're getting a cleaner. We're getting yard care We We ha- we
1: have one. We have a lawnmower man as well. I've said to my husband that there's just one thing in the world that I will never ever do, and that I refuse to mow the lawn. I don't know why. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Ours is ours is a little bit of a hot mess right now. So I was like, we're <laughs> gonna get a, we're gonna get a lawnmower. <laughs> It's a really conscious and shift that you make when you say, Do you know what? Actually, I'm going to help need, get help when I need it and not feel afraid or ashamed of ever doing that, but actually looking at it as a sign of, when I say power, I don't mean, you know, like big power, like yeah. politicians, but a sign of stepping into your power as someone who is worthy. Um, so fiercely look after yourself first. You know, everyone who's listening, all the warriors who are listening, you matter, you are worthy. Get help when you need it.
0: Yeah, for sure. Thank you so much, Robin. So, how can people find you on social media and how people can like work with you?
1: So I have a 12-week program called the Fertility Warrior Intensive. I'm so proud of this program. And I'm constantly adding to this program. So that's what I love. Everyone can find me on Instagram, which is probably where I'm most active at Robin Birkin. So R-O-B-Y-N-B-I-R-K-I-N. And that's where you can find all of the links to all of the stuff and find out what I do, find out what else I've got going on and go from there. Perfect. And I'll include all of those in the show notes
0: because I can say a test first. I've taken Robin's Fertility Warrior Intensive Program and it is amazing. So, yeah. highly worth the investment for sure. So, thank and, you so
1: much, Robin. And it's compliment, like what I love it. So, th- first of all, sorry. Yeah. Thank you so much you for it. being part of the program. Uh, and I love that you have joined the program and I've loved getting your feedback on it. Um, but it's also, so I don't really do a lot of, or I almost do no one-to-one coaching, but I think that you can invest in different things. You can invest in one-to-one coaching. You can take a course. You can do a yoga program. You can do a meditation program, and it's not like you have to pick one or the other. They're all supportive, and they're all a sign of really supporting yourself and honouring yourself yourself and, you know, if, so if you're like, I've read a book that can't possibly learn anything else or do anything else, maybe you can. Uh, so and that's a sign of, again, stepping into your power, owning your strength and fiercely putting yourself first. So thank yeah. you for having me.
0: Of course. Thank you so much for coming on. It was so great to talk to you and I'm sure my listeners will absolutely love this. This is a fun episode. Mm. For
1: sure. Bye.
0: Bye. love this podcast and if you have liked what you have heard so far i would love it if you could leave me a five-star rating and review reviews help others find this podcast and help them get the strategies that they need to thrive during infertility remember to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss another episode if you want to take this work to a deeper level then i have the perfect coaching program for you go to www.simplyjewel.com forward slash empowered infertility to learn more about my signature one-on-one coaching program. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Fertility Life Coach
1: Podcast. See you next time.